Hello and welcome to another episode of You Really Shouldn't Have. My guest this week is American stand-up comedian Aaron Kleiber. Fresh from his Amazon Prime comedy special Grown Ass Dad, Aaron dropped by to discuss the worst gifts he's ever been given. Aaron, hey, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Great to have you on. What's up, brother? In terms of stand-up comedy, when did you first start performing and what are your memories of your early performances? In my bio, I have this little line that says that I've been performing since on top of my grandmother's coffee table when I was five. Uh, I remember being so little where I was trying to moonwalk on the dinner table during Thanksgiving, probably when I was maybe five or six years old, <laughs> but I've, I've always been kind of uh, an entertainer. And, and I, I came from just a, a place in school where if, if you couldn't fight, you better be funny. So that's kind of who I was. I started being the funny dude. And I, I kind of jumped into like little filmmaking and a little theater. And I was always in love with sketch comedy, you know, like uh, in living color and Saturday night live were some of my favorites. And I wanted to do that. And, uh, in my pursuit of that, I became like an indie filmmaker and made my own, a couple of my own comedy movies and did sketch comedy and did improv and uh, ended up, you know, going to Second City in Chicago, you know, where a lot of uh, Saturday Night Live people went. And I thought, well, that's what I need to do. And then I had some crazy tragedy one summer. My comedy partner that I did sketch and improv with, um, he had a tragedy in his life. And I also had my first child in the same month and bought my first house all in the same month. Oh, wow. And it kind of flipped my life around. So I was kind of didn't have a comedy partner anymore. And I just thought, oh, well, what's solo comedy? You know, I don't want to make my own movies anymore. That's not fun. And you know what I mean? And someone told me I should try stand up. And I did. And it worked. You mentioned uh, your kids there in the intro. And I know a lot of your material comes yeah. from your experience of being a dad. So uh, you're a father of three. And I wondered if some yeah. of the material sometimes writes itself with, with the stuff the kids do. Dude, that's, that's all that happens. I mean, people always say like, how, you know, how do you write what you write? I, I can only write what I know, you know, and that, and sometimes it's, it's not an advantage. You know, you get an all, you know, you, you'll get like an all girls college, be like, can you do comedy for us? I'm like, well, I'm a, a dad in my thirties that talks about my three kids. And they're like, what, <laughs> don't you have anything else? Or like someone, you know, you'll do like a call for a, a, a conference or a business you know, kind of show. And they'll be like, can you uh, joke about accounting for 30 minutes? And I'm like, no, I don't like, <laughs> so I can only talk about what I know. And that's being a dad with three kids. I didn't start talking about my kids until I had my second child a little bit. I talked a little bit about my kids, but for some reason, once we had two kids, it just opened things wide up where your whole life now is your kids. Not that when you had one, it wasn't, but one was so much, you know, more manageable than two. And we had two little ones, you know, we had a toddler and a newborn baby. And that just kind of was like all you're thinking about. So you just write down things that make me laugh, make my wife laugh. I do take nuggets from real life. You know, I'll take little, little morsels that are funny, you know, something my, my, my kids do or something my son says, or, and I'll just kind of take it as like a mustard seed. If you've ever heard the analogy, if you plant a mustard seed, it grows into a huge tree. Uh -huh. I kind of take those little mustard seeds and kind of like blow them up into crazy stories. 
do your kids enjoy being part of your jokes? Do they know that you're they're part of what dad does? Yeah, they're still they're they're still little. They know I talk about it a lot, you know, and they they now they're old enough where my older ones are eleven and nine, and they kind of know like swear words. So they know like daddy swears a little bit on stage, and they know I talk about them. I'll I'll tell my son. I was recently in clubs telling this bit, but a new thing about finding my son's artwork in uh, school during a parent teacher like meeting and seeing my son's artwork on the wall and like being embarrassed by it. I'll tell my son. I'm like, Hey buddy, you remember when you wrote that on your school project? He goes, he's like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm telling all of everybody about that now. <laughs> and he's like, Oh geez. Like, you know, and they laugh, they laugh because I think we all like my family, my kids get it. Like my kids are kind of, I guess we're all born into making people laugh is a good thing, you know? So using our own experiences and, and even our embarrassments, I think my kids know that it's okay to laugh at stuff like that. They're pretty good sports. I do worry that like, I never want to do something that if my kids did see it, they would be like mortified because <laughs> there are some comics, some comics that just, Oh my God, they'll tell a story. I'm thinking about a friend in particular. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you know, Burt Kreischer, American comedian on his Netflix special. I mean, he talks about his daughters <laughs> getting their period. I'm like, there's no way uh, my, my kids would kill me, you know? So there's stuff like that that I'm like, you know, I always want to make sure that, and in my wife too, you know, my wife, a lot of, you know, comedy is like, you know, my wife, that ball and chain, you know, I don't do that stuff. Cause I'm like, ah, I don't want to do anything about my wife or my kids that they would watch and be like, Hey, what, why did you do that? I know they're my kids and it's my wife, but it's still their business. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah, absolutely. I guess so. I'll, I'm going to regret saying that probably in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> when my son's like, I'm suing you. That's my business. You touched on not being in the clubs at the moment, obviously due to the coronavirus uh, that's, that's going right. on, the, the current lockdown. How are you finding that in terms of the, the way that comedy is changing at the moment in terms of moving a lot more online rather than in person in live shows? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very challenging. It is very challenging. You know, we all want to go back live, but my country's not doing so great. <laughs> uh, everyone's pretty selfish. Uh, <laughs> They want to go out. It's just not to the comedy clubs. You know, that's one of the live venues are one of the tightest places that I don't think they're going to last very long right now. So what I mean is it's going to be going to be a long time for live venues. I have done a handful of comedy shows. I don't know if you know, but now people are doing comedy shows over Zoom. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are buying a ticket and you can go into Zoom and you're you're part of the gallery and you get to laugh at a comedian talking to a screen. It's weird. It must be weird for you. Yeah, because I, mean, I guess you don't get that audience reaction that you get in a club. I guess if people are on mute, you yeah. can't hear them laughing. Yeah, you really it's I'm more of an improvising comedian. So like that that crowd kind of you know once they start like liking something you're going on you're like oh you like that oh okay we'll go with this well you know oh you you know you feel that energy they're giving you and that's the weird thing that you that you don't get that I'm so used to is just kind of feeling like how the the, the audience feels you know sometimes you'll hear them laugh over the computer speaker like ah, 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 you know whatever. <laughs> oh All right, Aaron, what's the worst gift you've ever received? I, uh, should I say one of my children? I have no idea. <laughs> my grandmother, she's, she's in heaven now with Jesus, but she always thought I was fatter than I ever was always. And I swear, I think I went from 
the age of 11 to the age of 25 or no, I, honestly, until my grandma passed away, like, you know, not too long ago, probably for 20 years, my grandmother was buying me shirts that were so big. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm a big guy. I, I'm a 2XL now, full disclosure. You know, my, my gram, even when I was skinnier than a 2XL now, I'd be aware, wearing an extra large and my grandmother would get me a, like a four XL t-shirt. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, I am not that. And it was like every time. And I was like, are you sure this isn't for my fatter uncle Bill? Like, are you kidding me? Like it, it didn't make any sense to me. So that always was almost like my grandmother had fat shamed me my entire life. <laughs> That's what it was like. So it was always, it was every time I would get something, I'm like, who the F is this for? Who is this? I can cover my car with this. So yeah, those are some of the worst. (laughs) With the kids, I know that, you know, there's some crazy toys out there these days. Have they ever had any sort of, you know, random requests for Christmas? And you're like, you know, what is that? Yeah. With, with like, well, there was a couple that we did get, like my, my daughter randomly asked for a bow and arrow and we were like, ah, F it, let's do it. Get it. (laughs) Uh, but now she's like, good. <laughs> she's like, we have a little bit of a yard and she's like walking and shooting. I'm like, okay. It's like Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. Right. Um, a Robin of Pittsburgh. So, <laughs> so there is stuff that like weird stuff that my kids will request, but the gifts that my kids get are the ones from, and do you have, you don't, you don't have kids yet. Do you? No you kids, kids here. No kids here. I was going to say you have a cool podcasting room. There's no way you have kids <laughs> uh, <laughs> or you're rich. <laughs> Yeah, this room would be a nursery. Get ready. My kids, it's from it's from our parents. It's the grandparents. Ah. And people don't understand until you experience it. All of a sudden, when you have grandkids for your parents, they're rich all of a sudden. All of a sudden, your kids are rich. Actually, that's a great – I need to remember that. It's the first time I said that. It might be a good bit. Yeah. Like it, it, seriously, as soon, as soon as you have grandkids, my mom has indispensable income. Like my, my little one, my third one, she's little, little, tiny, little, uh, five-year-old just turned five. This girl has like three kitchen sets. She has like these huge play sets, these houses, every holiday, they have to get a play set. And I'm like, could you stop? I have a whole convenience store, a kitchen, a bakery, a, a corner shop. I have a baguette place. I have a post, a fake post office in my house. Like, you know what I mean? All these damn dumbass plastic toys. I have to build with a drill. Um, those gifts, I am through with those. Have you ever had to hide your disappointment an unwanted gift you've ever received? Oh my gosh. This, okay. My mom, my mom, I'm afraid cause my mom listens to everything I do, but, uh, <laughs> My mom, for a while, like I said, I've always been doing some form of comedy before really landing on stand-up professionally. Being an actor and a comedian, you know, my mom wants to buy mom shirts. So for a while, there must have been like five or six years where my mom kept buying me, uh, and I'm holding up my fingers, quote, funny shirts. Ah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it, it's like, she'd be like, look at this shirt I got you for your birthday, you know, cause you're a comedian. And it'd be like, you know, it's, it says like something like I'm big in Europe. And she's like, you know, cause like, you know, like you're getting famous, but you're also like big. <laughs> and I have to be like, yep, that's hilarious. This is so, I'm going to wear this all the time. You know, once she got me, I now wear ironically because it's so hilarious it has a picture of a, a low battery, like a low cell phone battery. And it says, always hangry. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of hangry. It's like angry and hungry. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, okay, mom, this, that was the last like funny shirt. I was like, enough funny shirts, like enough. But then my mom's like, we're going to come over and, you know, cook out. And so I got to put on my always hangry shirt. Like I wear this every day. Um, so I wear my mom's funny shirts cause I don't want to think she's not funny. Cause she is funny. She is pretty funny. Just not at picking novelty t-shirts. You're based out in Pennsylvania, so I wanted to know what the comedy scene was like there. And when the clubs are open, how much do you tend to travel? Do you, do you tend to stick to a certain part of the US or are you sort of all over? I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We basically have two big cities that are nipples, and that's Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Pittsburgh is this old steel town that, you know, made all of our tanks in World War II and uh, was a huge, huge steel town full of immigrants that since has become a healthcare and technology hub. It's totally changed. So in Pittsburgh, the scene has gotten so much uh, better because I think that a lot more creative, intelligent people are not to say, but, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, blue collar people aren't going to the theater normally. You know what I mean? That's why Pittsburgh Steelers football was so big, because, you know, it's just like, let's sit down on a Sunday and drink a beer and watch football. You know, that's what the the blue collar people wanted to do. But I truly think that when you have more support for the arts in education and people that are more educated and, you know, bigger businesses moving into town. And I really think Pittsburgh has seen that boom in the last 10 years to 15 years, um, similar to like, I think cities in, in the, in the States like Seattle and Austin, Texas and Portland, uh, Nashville. So, uh, it's, it's grown and I, and I can only attribute my success to the growth of comedy in Pittsburgh. It's kind of grew with me. You know, I started and there was one or two open mics and now, you know, when, once we're live again, you could go to 18 to 20 open mics a night, sometimes two or three a night you could pop on. I mean, in 10 years we go from that many, it just grew exponentially. It's just, people got hungry. I started here, you know, I started doing, you know, around my city, but now, you know, I've, I've traveled all the way up into Canada in the middle of nowhere and multiple cities, you know, uh, in Mexico. And, you know, I've done, uh, Norwegian cruises that have gone all over the world. Um, but they don't really count. Like, you know, <laughs> like if you're, you're like, I performed in Serbia and you're like, what are you talking about? What you were a thousand miles off the coast. We'll move on to your comedy special at Grown Ass Dad, yeah. which is currently on Amazon Prime. I watched it yesterday. I thought it was great. I wanted to know how the opportunity came about for you to have a comedy special. And is the preparation for that any different to say, I mean, it must be different to a regular show, but is there more that goes right. into it rather than you just right. showing up and doing it? The crazy story, because like, if people listening right now, if you don't know who I am, that would be correct. You don't know who I am. Uh, <laughs> but you know, there's only a handful of comedians that are so internationally known. You know what I mean? And uh, if you look at Netflix, you could see 20 comics that someone could name, you know, you look at it and be like, Oh, I know some of these people. But there are a lot of comics out working you know, for a living that we're just not playing arenas yet. And so uh, with that is that nobody's going to just throw money at me and make me a comedy special because I have, you know, 10 million followers. But, I, but, but yeah, I was very fortunate to work with a production company and creative media company. I was working on pitching shows with them, you know, because as a comedian, you're always trying to pitch ideas because sometimes people are like, hey, we like this idea. Can we make it a TV show? And you're like, what? Now I'm producing a TV show. It happens. So you, you always want to just, you know, be involved in that and pitching shows. And I, like, I come from production. I'd love to work on shows. 
And this company was like, Hey, we want to shoot some live, you know, some live stuff, some live performance. And, and I'm like, what do you mean? Like stand up? And they're like, yeah, we'll shoot a stand up special. Do you want to do an album? And I'm like, what? I'm like, sure. It came out. I, I mean, I look like, Dave, you know, Dave Chappelle. Like it's, <laughs> it's so like, it's one of those things again, like I'm just some fat dad from Pittsburgh, you know? So having seven 4k cameras shoot my, my chubby ass on a huge stage is pretty crazy. But they were willing to do that, and they did. And the outcome, I, I, like I said, I don't deserve it. It looks gorgeous. And uh, I filmed it in a theater in my hometown all over the United States, uh, the Steel Tycoon, Andrew Carnegie. It's all from here, Pittsburgh, where I'm from, and, and, and particularly called Homestead, where all the steel mills were. He was a steel tycoon. He built libraries all over the country, you know, tax write-offs. So we have this Carnegie Library music hall, this huge music hall that seats 1,100 people. When I was in high school 20 years ago, it was abandoned. Oh, wow. Um, like, they, they had, didn't refinish it. I broke into it. I remember being <laughs> dusty and, like, like, homeless people sleeping in there. And literally 20 years later, a $100,000 production is happening, and I'm on stage. It's crazy. And that's how that happened. Because, you know, I don't have big management but they, you know, they saw something and they, they believed I would be uh, funny to everybody. And that's cool. Right. I mean, like <laughs> the preparation for it, you, you mentioned that um, it is very different. I mean, especially, you know, I'm coming in uh, doing this comedy special kind of with this company, animal media. Um, and so it was like producing a, a film that was all going to be done in one night. <laughs> that's really what it was. I mean, you, you, sh- you do two shows, and you film both shows just in case. And that's kind of how you do it. And But it's really like preparing to film a movie in one night. So I know during the lockdown, you've been busy with your own podcast. And you also had a couple of side projects as well. With my own podcast, my podcast is Grown Dad Business. And uh, it's not just for dads. It's really just like comedy, nerdy stuff, you know, food. It is dad things, but, you know, parents, whatever. But like doing that, like now I'm able to, you know, do my podcast through video because, and I never did that. I always did live. I like sitting in a room with people. Well, now, you know, at home, I can, you know, live stream over Zoom and record and talk to my friend like we're video chatting, but it's also an hour podcast. It's been so much fun. Being able to do that now is, is an excuse to just call any of my comedian friends from around the world and be like, hey, let's podcast. Let's talk. I just ended last week. I did a 50 episode kind of daily dad vlog every Monday through Friday. I just riffed and improv and, you know, thought of a topic and just had fun with it. And I did that 50 episodes and that was neat. People liked that. You know, a lot of people watched it. And then since then too, I've been doing a live happy hour every Friday, uh, 9 PM Eastern standard time. That's where I'm at. I get to do that and it's different than a podcast because then I have one or two guests on and sometimes we play games with the comments and people, you know, give away, I give away prizes and I have comedians call in from all over the country and it's just like a wild variety show and and by the end of the show, I'm drunk. So it's fun. It's fun. So wrapping up, Aaron, if you had to give yourself a gift right back at the beginning of your stand-up career, what would you have given yourself to help you get to where you are now? Oh, wow. I tell you what, this is, I don't know if I should give a business answer, a funny answer, but I tell you what, early on in, in comedy, if I could have given myself unlimited flights, 
<laughs> or an unlimited gas card, that would be great. Be real handy, yeah. Uh, the, the amount of money you spend traveling and the, and the amount I wish I could have traveled, you know, because there's festivals that you want to go go perform on that you can't afford a flight because you're not a famous comic. They're not flying you everywhere, you know. So that's one of the things. That's such a real answer. <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find out more about you and what you do? You know, if you spell my name right in the name of your podcast, uh, then anyone can follow me at Aaron Kleiber. You spelled it perfectly. Yeah, at Aaron Kleiber on all social medias. And then Amazon Prime, uh, you can find Grown Ass Dad, my comedy special. And if you like podcasts, which clearly you like podcasts, you're listening to this one, my podcast, Grown Dad Business, uh, not just for parents, but a comedian who happens to be a dad who kind of frames about everything I talk about. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty nerdy and I talk about food and, and hip hop and movies. And I have a lot of fun guests. So yeah. Awesome. I'm easy to find. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today. James, thank you so much, brother. Hey, good luck. I love this idea. I love it. Thanks again for listening to this episode of You Really Shouldn't Have. Be sure to subscribe to us on your chosen podcast service to make sure you never miss another episode. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, as well as online at badgiftspod.com. <laughs>